I think we're giving the people what they want because I think many people were questioning how we could possibly have a best accounting movies bracket without a movie called The Accountant in it. Uh, well, having seen the movie, I can tell you exactly how we ended up not having The Accountant, but yes, I agree. We took a lot of heat. I would just add how am I feeling? A little bit of regret. You know, I'm not <laughs> sure I absolutely loved uh, what I endured last night, just if I'm being honest. Hello and welcome to Off the Books, where we surf the uncharted waters of accounting, finance, risk, and wherever else the waves take us. This episode is brought to you by Workiva, the ESG risk reporting compliance platform that simplifies your complex work and helps you avoid covering a room's wall with mathematical equations while reviewing 15 years of documents. Check it out at workiva.com podcast. My name is Mike Gravano and I'm an Off the Books producer, recovering cherry coke addict, and today's host. I'm looking forward to debiting a great conversation today, and I'm very glad to have you hanging 10 with us. Today, we will be continuing our accounting movie exploration, and this one might be controversial because this movie was not originally in early eight, but The Dueling Accountant and Same Time Next Year are not available to stream anywhere. So we've had to do some fuzzy math and find replacements. Today's 2016's The Accountant. With me, as always, are Catherine Sai, asker of questions on lover of anti-chilates, and Steve Soder, Diet Coke aficionado and accounting enthusiast. Bookies, how are we feeling about the last-minute switch-up? I think we're giving the people what they want, because I think many people were questioning how we could possibly have a Best Accounting Movies bracket without a movie called The Accountant in it. Uh, well, having seen the movie, I can tell you exactly how we ended up not having the accountant. But yes, I agree. We took a lot of heat. I would just add how am I feeling? A little bit of regret. You know, I'm not <laughs> sure I absolutely loved uh, what I endured last night, just if I'm being honest. Sometimes when you have last minute replacements, you, you don't fully vet it or know what kind of movie you're getting into. And, and so for, I'd say, our more squeamish uh, listeners and viewers, our audience, uh, just know you—it's—it's it's a hard R action movie. It's—it's—it's it's bloody. It's, it gets violent. Is that, or is is the that... Chicago Sun Times said a transaction hero movie? A transaction hero movie. I love that <laughs> movie. Uh, the depictions of violence, I think, were extreme, and I would echo the caution. Uh, truth be told, were this not technically a work assignment, I guess, which is kind of weird, I probably would not have chosen to watch that movie. I, Catherine, had you seen this before? No. Same. It, it, it blew. I, I love Affleck. I'm, I've been a, a lifelong Affleck fan, and this one just blew by. And I love Anna Kendrick. I love J.K. Simmons. The, the whole cast are people I'm generally into, and I like action. I loved out my action movies. Uh, Fast and Fury, yes, I famously wrote two papers about that franchise in grad school. So action is my thing, and this, this just was slipped by me. But I think if I had seen it, I might have at least been able to caution Steve. Well, What's interesting, actually, about this movie, this is a backstory, is that a company that I used to work for, I won't say whom, but we had a tradition that on Halloween, we would actually just duck out and we would go to a movie in the middle of the afternoon. We would make up a fake meeting and just walk out of the building. We Love were it. in the process of doing just that one fateful Halloween to go see this very movie, and somebody got a text Hey, something's blown up. It's a problem with clothes, or it was a quarter. I have no idea. I go. I guess it was Halloween, so that would have been the end of the month. Uh, anyway, we all had to walk back into the building, find different ways to get back to the accounting department. Uh. So we weren't <laughs> showing up as a group. 
And then the movie completely fell off my radar after that. So in a way, this was a completion, but yes. one that I loathe to have made. <laughs> I feel like we've had a string of movies uh, you're not loving, Steve, and I hope to fix that sometime soon. No, no, no. It's okay. We'll get into it. Let's, you know what? Let's get into it. We'll take the briefest of breaks, and when we come back, The Accountant. In 2016, Ben Affleck, Anna Kendrick, J.K. Simmons, and John Bernthal try to kickstart a new action franchise with The Accountant. Written by the creator of Ozark, Bill Dubuque, and directed by Gavin O'Connor of Warrior and Miracle, The Accountant follows CPA Christian Wolf, who has high-functioning autism and makes his living uncooking the books of criminal and terrorist organizations while also being an assassin for them? It's... Unclear, really, what his job is. Raised by a Syab's military father and trained in Indonesian martial arts, Wolf works with a voice-disguised business partner who sets him up with jobs. Things go awry when he shows up at Living Robotics after Anna Kendrick's low-level accountant finds issues in their filings. Bookies, I ask you this. Even though it is in the name and is the most uh, griped-about movie for not being in our bracket, is The Accountant an accounting movie? Catherine, we'll start with you. I think it is an accounting movie. They talk about financial figures a lot. They draw a lot of numbers. It's called The Accountant. It's called The Accountant. It's it. It's the main thread you have to tease out to unveil the rest of the plot. It is an accounting movie. And now I'm wondering what made us decide, or two of the three of us, I guess, what made us decide not to have put it in the bracket in the first place? Because that's every bit of accounting is any other accounting movie that we've picked thus far. Right. I could go back to our notes, but I'm sure it just went up against like a heavy hitter, like all the Queen's horses or something. Our smartest guys in the room or yeah. something like that. Or the sometimes big short. Sometimes you're just up against uh, undeniable force. And even though it should, that I mean, that's the, the, the beauty and the tragedy of brackets. Well, I think this is the very first of the movies that we've watched where there have been multiple references to balance sheets, profit and loss, uh, general ledger, those types of things. So, I mean, right. again, it's 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 an accounting movie. I don't even think that that could be disputed. Unfortunately, you know, I feel kind of bad about that. <laughs> presumably I said it wasn't or somebody did anyway, two of the three of us. Now, I, I do have a, a question, Steve, for you is that the, the main impetus for the, the drama we're seeing is. Anna Kendrick finds like issues within 15 years. Things aren't adding up, but she's not sure why. Is that, that just seems like so much time for nobody to have found uh, an issue. Is, is this, does this happen? Is this possible? Assassinations aside. <laughs> yeah. Absent any kind of, you know, assassination work going on. Um, maybe. I mean, generally how it works is you find an issue today. Something looks weird today mm. or let's say in recent history, you know, the last couple of, uh, you know, accounting periods that you would have been looking at. And then you sort of start to dig and you start to unravel. And sometimes, yeah, you can discover that it goes back uh, quite a ways. And in some cases, if it's significant enough where there could be potential fraud, uh, generally speaking, uh, certainly the executive team, but often the board of directors would get involved. Uh, they can actually uh, commission or request an official study. And sometimes that study might actually not even include the accounting staff. Sometimes that includes often your external auditors, but some other hey. outside. And then, yeah, in that case, they'll go back as far as they need to. I mean, in their case, they would do that because they're earning money. You know, obviously, the more fees that they can build, but sometimes th that can happen. So 
it's plausible to me that this company who was presumably getting ready to go public, if they had identified an issue with that warrant going back that far, yeah, potentially. I mean, 10 to 15 years is a really long time, like a really long time, but is it possible? I suppose. Yeah, it seems like a really long time. Yeah. For, but I, I guess when you realize that the the CEO of the company and the founder is the one pulling all the strings, that's why he's probably doing some shady business so nobody discovered it until Anna Kendrick. Well, and, and if you noticed in that dialogue, and, and again, I, are we trying to avoid spoiler alerts here? I yeah, assume... it's all spoils. Okay, Spoil it's all everything. spoils. Fantastic. <laughs> so when the CFO has that initial meeting with the accountant and he's like, hey, well, I've been the CFO since a very, be- you know, 15 years, after having requested 10 years of document, right, Ben Affleck's like, I'd like to see 15 years of your historical <laughs> yeah. general ledger statements, whatever it was. I love that because he was like, well, you're very bold. (laughs) That's right. Well, the other question I had, this movie isn't that old, but it seems like all of the records were paper records. Is that realistic that all the general ledgers and stuff would be on paper even in 2016? Um, Well, it it would be a combination of, uh, I would assume be a combination of both. The, The issue is probably not so much were they keeping records by paper. Of course they weren't. But how much of that were they actually printing out and reporting if you if you noticed, there was some really old stuff, presumably old stuff that he was pulling out of a box, invoices, whatever. But then there were these like bound or collated reports with like the clear cover, you know, general ledger report from blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, super plausible. Um, again, I won't see the company, but um, every single month we would actually print out and review journal entries manually. And so we would generate two six inch wide binders that were actually hard to buy because not too many people sell them. And we would like, in the course of a year, we'd like fill up an entire storage room with, with everything. And presumably that would be the type of data that uh, the account was looking for, for such an investigation. It's a lot of paper cut risk involved with that. Oh, uh, indeed. Is, is that the, the, the paper practice because of just tradition and it's been done that way for so long, it's a slow ship to turn or is it, you can't, it's easier to like cook digital books than paper books once it's like locked and loaded in the storage room. Well, yeah, what's the purpose of the paper? So not so much as a preventative measure from like cooking the books. I, I don't know if the paper really has that much to do. I think initially it was to document evidence of review and approval. Mm. Because back in the day, if your ERP wasn't sophisticated enough to include like journal entry approval, it's like, well, most of the time these are being prepared in Excel. Uh subject to error and all of that kind of stuff. But also, how do you document with a timestamp that's like immutable that somebody had reviewed it and somebody had approved it? It was easier to be able to uh, initial and hand date and show that as a better way of approving than somebody just typing in a date and their initials in a couple of cells in Excel, which could certainly have been manipulated or done later or whatever. So uh, there's a preference to review stuff manually. Truth is, this is brilliant. We're getting way off talk. Maybe we edit this out. <laughs> but but we actually would have some spreadsheets that were so big that you couldn't print them out in regular size, like not even legal size paper, but ledger size paper. Literally, there's a there's a Whoa. thing. It's a ledger. It's ten by seventeen. That's <laughs> massive. And you had to fold it in just a certain way because you had to somehow get the holes in the three ring binder. Uh, no, that was a thing. And our CFO at the time he he preferred to review it that way. And I, and I'll admit that. Sometimes for something that big, it's actually easier to just like spread it out on your desk. Um, clearly, that's not ideal for a variety of reasons, but right. I think 
I think that had more to do with the mic than anything else. No, thank you. That that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, if you're looking at a bunch of things all at once, you could have numerous screens. But I, I totally got when Christian lays out all their books. He 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 organizes it on the massive conference table, and then he starts to write so he can look at the numbers compared to each other right next to each other, which feels like an important step to be able to do. Well, and I would say that sometimes writing down the numbers, even though you're actually writing down something that is already written down or presented, that's like a mental exercise, right? That just the process of writing them down, it sort of like locks it in your head. And I've, I admittedly, I've been in those situations where that's been really, really helpful to do. So that part actually resonated. Yeah. That was that was deep accounting. Well, I say that in air quotes. That's not day to day accounting, but that was deep but accounting. Deep accounting. No, I like it. It makes sense. It's the same thing. Uh, they've done studies where taking notes, handwritten notes, locks it in your head more than typed notes. Uh, when I in my other life where I'm a poet, I have to read something out loud. That that's the one to one I made. It's like, oh, you can write it and read it, and it does nothing, and then you read it out loud, and you get those funky phrases pop out a little more than if you were reading it silently. My question for both of you, sorry, I'm not even the host. Here I am asking Please. the questions. Everybody can ask questions here. Did this feel like an accounting movie? Like when you saw that, did that like clear up stereotypes? Is that like, oh, okay, yeah, I could kind of see that. Oh, is that really what it's like? I mean, did it feel like an accounting movie to you watching, like especially that part that we're talking about? It did to me because forensic accounting is really kind of what interests me the most. And so just watching them kind of use the numbers to figure out a story was really interesting to me. Yeah, I agree. And I, in all of our movies, I don't know if we've seen somebody like we'll ha somebody will have like a two books and like look at them. Right. But like nobody we haven't seen somebody crunch the literal numbers. And so it, it felt it felt there. It felt heavy and real. This is what accountants have to go through. When they're not doing wet work. Well, our our fail at the original bracketology is just becoming more and more complete as we talk about this movie. So, well, that's and that's the, the and uh, doing some research. It, it went up against Stranger Than Fiction, and I bet this was my fault because that is just one of my favorite movies. So I bet I really put my thumb on the scale to push Stranger I Than Fiction. I think you were forward, pretty convincing. <laughs> which uh, it, it failed in the next battle anyway. So. Well, appreciate the real-time research on that, Mike. That's that's what I'm here to do. Forensic accounting in real time. I, I think we've covered it. This is an accounting movie. Everybody who uh, was mad at us was right. And so it has been adjusted and fixed. And uh, we are refiling our claim. And the accountant is now in our bracket. How is a financial reporting team better than a dad joke? A dad joke can tell you what to call a busy accounting leader, but it's not going to tell you why. Really good financial reporting teams can pull together reports that tell you what happened last month and even tell you why. They just don't always have time to get to the why. That's where Workiva comes in. Top accounting and finance teams are using the Workiva platform to automate financial reporting, from financial statements to board reports, from 10Qs to S1s. Spend less time copying and pasting numbers and more time telling the story behind the numbers with data your auditors can trust. See why accounting and finance teams love Workiva at workiva.com slash accounting. That's W-O-R-K-I-V-A dot com slash accounting. So what do you call a busy accounting leader? Overtaxed. Ugh. Why? Let's move on to the the, the plot, the, the twists and turns of an action movie. 
this has so many layers of, and yes, uh, consider all of your spoilers alerted. Uh, no longer can an action movie just be an action movie, and there's the the corporate intrigue of who who is the bad guy in the company. You think it's the CFO, and then a no, it's Gene Smart, and it's not Gene Smart. It's been John Lithgow the whole time. And on top of that, there is the the mystery of how Christian Wolf is connected to J.K. Simmons, who's the director of the Treasury Department, and is there a connection to the mercenary played by John Bernthal? Did the all the whiplash of like you thought this, no this? Were you guys on board for that, or did that ever get overwhelming? And you're like, we get it. I had a hard time following. I felt like I should have been taking notes a little bit. Yeah, I didn't get it. I, I mean, at the very, at the very, very end, that last part, right when he realizes, like, you know, it was his brother the whole time. Obviously, that I got, and 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 I actually had sort of began to. Uh, wonder if that was the case but I'm with you Catherine I had a hard time following a lot of that crap I still don't know what uh, uh, J.K. Simmons really had to do I mean other than like the accountant didn't shoot him and and, and I get that but all of the aftermath to the I, 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 I still don't understand what was going on there the, where I was at about halfway through the movie I was like J.K. Simmons is his dad and John Bernthal is his brother like I was like this is all connected but nobody knows it uh, especially there's a point where J.K. Simmons is, is talking to his new recruit and he, he like looks away when he's like, oh, we've met before. And like, he looks distant. I was like, yeah, he's his dad. Uh, so he, he is not his dad. The, the, the brother connection, cause I was right. That one made a lot more sense to me and felt like, cause Christian Wolf is like cool and calm and he's gonna, you know, get the job done. And John Bernthal, his brother's like, uh, he's even when he's threatening to kill somebody, he's like laughing and he's like, ha ha. So it's like, look at these, the duality of brothers. Uh, it, it just felt they're like, we need another twist and another twist, another twist. The, the, the JK Simmons connection was the fuzziest because I think it was all telling, not showing where JK Simmons is like, yeah, so we met, he didn't kill me. Cause I said I was a good dad. And then, uh, every once in a while, his business partner just tells me where to find bad guys. <laughs> just like, wait, what? Yep. Yeah. Lots of twists and turns, but it makes it unlike any other accounting movie in our bracket. But that is true. That's a that's a that's a fair point. That and the excessive depictions of violence <laughs> makes it unlike any. Of the Are you other saying movies. that's unrealistic, Steve? Uh, I have yet to experience that as part of my day job. Just being, you know, throwing that out there. What what and if you've signed NDAs, do do not break this, Steve. But what what do you think the most violent incident in your professional accounting career that you've had uh, that you've been a part of? Um, I was in a meeting once where it was me, the controller, and the CFO. We were talking about a very sensitive accounting issue, and not sensitive that the thing itself was subjective or whatever. It was really straightforward. It was the CFO freaking out that he apparently did not understand the implications of what the controller and I had explained to him was going to happen. Like, okay, if this, then that, well, the, if this happened, the, then that happened, he was really upset about it. And, uh, the controller nearly came, well, he actually did kind of like come out of his chair and the look of fear on the CFOs that you know, because like he was not expecting that, but I mean, this controller came at him, uh, you know, I'd say that's probably the biggest. Um, I would also say Josh Gurch, recurring guest on Off the Books, was my auditor at some point. He and I have had a number of yelling 
like just down out like yelling at each other about i mean just all kinds of stuff now that's pretty stupid but <laughs> that's about the extent of it i've never witnessed any violence i don't know maybe josh has but i haven't i mean that's a more in-depth answer than i expected I thought you'd be like well once <laughs> I, I was i was rushing to like turn in a 10k and stubbed my toe <laughs> it tripped over the copy machine yeah oh, no, no thank you i love it Counting, it gets dangerous. That's what we've learned, I think, throughout our films. I had I had another question. This is plot, but also back to accounting. The the mystery at the center of living robotics, and then they talk about Crazy Yeti did the same thing years before. Would this work where it's like I'm paying money to a fake company that is contracted for me, but somehow it ends up back in my book, so I'm stealing from myself, but I end up how did, did was the uh, the criminal accounting sound i it's funny you brought that up i wondered about that let me hold though i'd realize that question probably meant for me Catherine, what did you think about that was that plausible i don't know because i don't know enough facts but is that similar to what happened with um uh sbf and oh no. that's a good question Pro- Probably not. I don't think. I don't think with with uh, FTX, the intent was was to shift. Is what we'd be talking about here, right? You're sort of shifting income in one period and moving to another, or shifting revenue. Uh, uh, so I don't think that was the the deal with FTX. I I, I guess I would say maybe. Uh, I've heard of Crazy Eddie Antar. Um, oh, that's a real thing. Uh, well, I, I I think so. There's another character out there called Sam Antar, who's a whole other thing, but. Um, so I would think so. What, what, what didn't, what I didn't understand is, um, how much, how much could you really assume would be able to, to, to get into that post IPO, right? So you've been stashing away, let's just call it all of this money, uh, this fake revenue, you then IPO, and then you start to bring that fake money back in in order to accept, that's not going to last long enough, I would assume to make any kind of a difference. Unless you, as the CEO, sold immediately right at the very, very hype right. and then walked away, but I mean that's gonna nobody's gonna do that. And that's gonna look super suspicious. So uh, more more detail, I think, than you needed, Mike. But I had a hard time with that. Actually, my my mind was churning on that through the movie. No, and, and so I'm looking at cra- Crazy Eddie Antar and Sam Antar are brothers, and it was uh, they did a whole bunch of stuff. They paid a lot of their employees off the books. So yeah, that'll get things but it was uh all to make your taxable income smaller so i guess the more you're paying out to fake companies the less taxable income you have it just feels like duh this is going to catch up with you at some point oh yeah well the 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 fake the fake that that is true if you have higher expenses the relative to your revenues or to your income, then yeah, obviously you would be earning more and you mm-hmm. get taxed on what you earn. So if that number's smaller, your taxes are less. So that, I mean, that that's definitely a thing, but that's definitely fraud as well, which is that why the is. Antars both uh, are convicted felons. Now, Steve, you've a couple of times talked about the violence in movies. What is your, are you guys into action movies is it was this outside of a normal realm of a film you would watch? Was it super surprising or just surprising compared to the rest of the movies we've watched for this series? It was surprising to me compared to the rest of the movies we've watched in this series. So to me, it was a nice break from our other accounting movies. 
It was definitely different. Well, I mean, even in the in the what like the ad for the movie, like he's got a gun, so you, yeah, you know, you would sort of expect. My thing about violence in movies. So if you take like Saving Private Ryan, and not to mean that only depictions of violence in war is okay, but that to me felt felt, which is very subjective, way more historical and mm. and a representation of what actually happened, as opposed to violence as a means to uh, tell a story. Um, and, and I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, we could get whole philosophical on the value of life and depicting violence and all that. I love action movies. I just felt like this one, it felt like a little bit unnecessary, kind of, kind of senseless to sort of like amp it up a little bit. And yeah, I, I, I didn't like that for me, me personally. I think the action aspect of it also reduced the need to show emotion through acting. And I'm sure there is some joke to be made there about Ben Affleck, but we'll let the audience <laughs> fill that in themselves. Oh, you're coming for my boy, Benny? <laughs> Did you like his performance in this movie? You felt it was convincing? I find it impossible to talk about Ben Affleck's performance without talking about uh, Christian Wolf's neurodivergence. And I generally love Ben Affleck. Like I've said, since I, as a kid, I think I first saw him probably like in Mallrats, like in the Kevin Smith movies and, and then Days and Confused, where he is just like, you thought he was a jerk because he played jerks so well uh and i think he's he's really grown not not every movie he crushes it but i i love this guy i think he can do most things uh a great modern movie not a lot of people have seen that i point to is the way back he's a recovering alcoholic not so recovering for most of the movie and he coaches a, a kid's basketball team in long beach california and it's just a great like look at him act um i think when it comes to this kind of thing it's always i don't problematic or troubling or my eyebrow is always going to raise when an actor who is not neurodivergent is like i'll try to encapsulate that person's lived experience and what could that mean how how did you guys think this came off and and how the movie dealt with autism i guess i wondered if it was realistic hmm yeah i mean i don't don't know myself but well, I, I actually had the same. I actually had the same thought. Like, is this is this really how it works? But I think from that standpoint, the movie actually and, and it, it to me it all boiled down to that professor at that institute um, talking about, hey, let's see if we can let's see if we can get this person, this child in that case, to a point where they can have a normal life, and and they're not. Uh, how did he describe it? He said they're different. They're not, and I don't remember what he said they weren't. But he's like they're just different. And they're not like pe- less than say so, yeah. I, I don't yeah and and yes and and it is a spectrum but i think this came i'm gonna say the tail end but it maybe it's still going but it did feel like throughout a lot of the early 2000s to early 20 teens uh so it, it's great suddenly people are talking about autism and the spectrum in, in pop culture and then it became a superpower where they're like well they 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 struggle with you know connecting with people and in certain loud environments but the character's really good at this. And they each had like a superpower version. And I can see the benefit of that for for young autistic kids to see like, oh, in pop culture, I'm, I'm viewed in it. It's not a disability. But it does seem like how Hollywood has taken autism to be is like, okay, so that they're going to struggle in social situations. But look at now he is a badass Punisher style superhero because of his autism. Well, and I'll be honest with you, the part that slightly offended me, as you would probably imagine, is 
why are you connecting that with accounting? Like I'm, I'm mm. certain that there are really good, you know, potentially autistic accounting professionals out there. And this isn't a comment on that, but, but what was interesting to me, and especially that part at the very beginning where he's building a puzzle and using it like super, super fast, there is an aspect of accounting that is like putting together a puzzle a little bit, especially forensic accounting. And I would assume that that's what they were doing just as kind of the story arc there. But accountants can be like normal, chill people as well that just, you know, think through things logically and ask common sense questions and then are able to, you know, get to an answer. I just, it it, it made it feel like, it made it feel like there's this extra element of an accountant's personality that mm. just, I don't know, I, I didn't like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, because, so where is he is in so many ways, uh, the flip opposite of Lewis Tully, who is now our, <laughs> right. like, perfect representation of accountants in pop culture. Is we is the Lewis Tully of it all? He he's you know Ben Affleck. He's a big guy. He works out. He he's brooding and violent. Uh, but he's still socially awkward. Is that is that the kind of stuff that got to? And he's still like hyper focuses and can't people. Well, 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 yeah. Almost that you would need some kind of like superpower in your words, or some kind of like extra ability, cognitive ability, to be able to do that. Uh, that kind of work. And, mm -hmm. you know, to me, actually, Anna Kendrick was a great example of an accountant, right? Hey, you know, my dad was in it and, and he kind of pushed me into it. And, you know, here I am. But, you know, a very normal person that was a little bit overworked and, and you know, kind of got into this thing. That seems very, very typical to me. And I suppose the movie was trying to, like, just oppose or contrast those two things. Mm -hmm. But I, I didn't I didn't really love the tie-in to autism, to be honest with you. Catherine, where are you at with it? I guess it was an element I haven't seen in too many movies, so it's interesting to see it here. I'm not sure I'm qualified to have an opinion beyond that. Right, it, it, it's it's hard, but okay. So we something we can are qualified. Ben Affleck's portrayal. It seems like you're not a fan, Catherine. I thought that what this role required for him, he was he was uh, well positioned to deliver. Mm, so you're generally not a fan of the Fleck. Uh, I I think he's a very good director, and there are some <laughs> movies, <laughs> there are some movies that I think he uh, yeah I enjoy watching him in, but yeah in general I don't know. So basically, Catherine, what you're saying is that Ben Affleck is the perfect actor for the uh, <laughs> perfect transaction hero. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that is uh, what a beautiful line that is. I'm going to think about that forever. From what is that Chicago Tribune you said? Chicago Sun Times. Chicago Sun Times. Nice. All right, I think I think we've done it. I think we are ready to just move into awards, unless either of you have a, a final thought you wanted to share. All Let's right. get to awards. Best accounting moment. Catherine, we'll start with you. Well, it has to be when they're in the conference room looking at all the work that Ben Affleck's character did overnight, looking at the ledgers. Steve? So I would have said that, but since you did, I'll go to another best accounting moment, which is the conversation that he's having with that couple at the very beginning. And she mentions, oh, I make beads. Oh, where do you do this? Oh, well, you know, blah, blah, where do you get your stuff? Do you order? No, I have to drive. Oh, you drive in a company vehicle? You know, obviously that was played for show, but a really good accountant, especially a tax accountant in that case, right? Hey, let me ask some questions and get some more information. And then legitimately, 
legitimately make things better for you. Uh, that you know that to me, like I said, just a chill person who's asking right. the right questions and you know reaching the right conclusions. That to me felt like very good, applicable, uh, an applicable example of a great accountant. And an instantly endearing moment. And I, I don't know the legalities, Stephen. Maybe you can shine some light on that. Where he he won't say out loud what they should do, but he's just like with his thumb. He's like, it's bigger <laughs> than that. <laughs> like, I think there's uh, certainly a code of professional ethics, uh, especially right if uh, if you're a CPA. And I think that just sort of depicted like, hey, I don't want to lead you to the answer or tell you. But if you can give that information to me and I can genuinely say I'm doing this in an unbiased way in order to prepare your tax return, that protects both of us. Good to know. All right. Pound for pound performance. Steve? Well, I can't say Ben Affleck for sure. Like, like I can't. I don't feel like just based on this discussion, I want to stay away from that completely. I think it's the brother. The role isn't huge. Mm-hmm. But but to your point, right, he's kind of I mean, I mean, you had you instantly in that very first scene where he's in the car with that guy. And I I don't that guy wasn't related to anything else. No. I don't I don't think so. You you immediately knew what kind of character he was. Right. Like like you immediately knew like who he was just after, the, you know, what was a two minute interaction. Right. So I, I'm, I'm going with him. Catherine. Gene Smart sticks in my head. Well, how could she not? She's always great. Well, what stuck out in this performance? I felt very realistic, and she also seemed kind of like a badass in an understated way. Yeah, I think even if her character is not supposed to be that, she she exudes badassery. Uh, I don't know if you guys watch Hacks, but she is amazing in that movie or not movie show. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna agree with Steve. John Bernthal, I think he's he's a great actor and just like i think he has a theater background just because of how he looks he, he's like a pretty quiet sensitive dude but he's always playing he was shane in the walking dead he was the punisher in the daredevil and then the punisher t- netflix shows he just looks like a bruiser so that's what he is, always has to play but he got to smile more in this movie than he often does so i liked that best or worst scene Catherine? oh uh Again, I don't know if this is the best scene, but the moment that stuck in my head was when Ben Affleck is in the pickup truck with the cantaloupes, with the eyes drawn on them. (laughs) Visually, that stuck in my head. It was a good visual where he can shoot them from a mile away Uh because he's accounting for wind velocity. Wind velocity, ballistics, all of that stuff. Steve, what about you? Best or worst for somebody who doesn't seem to love this movie? Well, I think I think the best moment that 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 kind of you know the plot sort of not really all over the place, but there's just so many threads to the story. And so, to me, the one that at least tied the most of those things together was that end scene when you realized it was him and his brother, and and kind of what had happened to his mom. And, and the brothers, you know, like, like, why were you guys even there? I, I felt like that cleared up a bunch, not a ton, but it like completed sort of the story, I think, for a lot of what I kind of like still had outstanding yeah. in my head. I don't know. What'd you think, Mike? I, I think it's the one we've talked about all episode. And there's a reason is the not just the, the, the part one is him figuring it out and covering the conference room in numbers, but it's the first time you really see him bond. 
and Anna Kendrick, and the two of them are just geeking out about like, oh, we found out the issues. And like, it was endearing and they're connecting. It was just like, I don't know. It was, it was a super enjoyable scene and I think important for the character as well. Well, and I'll tell you, Mike, that's a that that's actually a very common, you know, you have two two different teams or two different people working on something, and then you finally get them together and be like, well, hey, I noticed, oh, you know what, that made me think, right? And then you like sort of geek out in that way. That was very realistic. Yeah. Nice. All right. I, I think I think we've done it. I think we've done the accountant. Well, and I'm oh, glad goodness. I watched it. We hope we have given the people what they want. <laughs> you demanded this so it's your fault that steve had to go through it listeners oh that's whatever i'm good with that but we are so seriously for those who are listening and go to the uh listening send us an email i guess but if you're on youtube or if you're not then go to youtube put some comments in there let us know yeah. we got right let us know we got wrong i know you were going to say that mike but it just occurs to me hey did we get it right have we given you what you want yes i love it keep that dialogue open and thank you for those of you who do comment and thank you Dear listener, for serving along with us, big thanks to Catherine Sy and Steve Soder. This has been Off the Books, presented by Rakiva. Please subscribe, leave a review, tell your buddies if you like the show, and as Steve said, sound off in those comments or email us at offthebooks at Surf us up, and we'll see you on the next wave. <laughs> <laughs>